And so in the toilet burning scene, they actually filled up the buckets with real human and dog feces and made him burn it so they would get an authentic reaction out of Jake Gyllenhaal's face. Oh, my God. All right. Welcome into episode two of the Buttered Popcorn Podcast. Today we are talking just a few military movies. Got a military draft ahead of us. I'm your host, Connor, a.k.a. The Movie Shark. Alongside me, as always, the beautiful Elliot Rearing. Thank you. And our producer and editor, just as beautiful, Andrew. Stop. Andrew, how's the lag now? We're, we're good now. Okay, so just a little backstory. Connor's Wi-Fi is booty cheeks, so we're suffering through this Wi-Fi issue. Connor, do you have any comments on your bad Wi-Fi? I'm just, I'm hoping one of these episodes we can start it out without Elliot talking about the problems we had prior to starting the episode. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm a professional. I we gotta we gotta we gotta lock this no, I, down. I know you're a professional. By the way, speaking of which, everyone who was listening to episode one has told me that Elliot Sion's like the only one who knows what he's doing. Oh, thank you. They're not Andrew, a little Andrew, I, you listen, step our game up. Listen, this is That's a this is for me, man. Listen, guys, this is a team effort. I, I'm just I'm a role player. Connor is the host. Andrew is, is the editor, he's the producer, he's everything. I'm just here to make silly comments. So, you know, we we're, we're a team. This is a team effort. And today I it'll be noted. Connor, what's up with the bucket hat? <laughs> First off, it's a boonie hat. What's that? What's the difference? Because both look horrible. But go ahead. Easy, Tiger. No. So for anyone who's listening in that doesn't uh-huh. know, I am a Marine Corps veteran. This is the hat that Marines will wear when they're out doing field. Thank you for your service. I was happy to. <laughs> I just had to thank you. You were going to bring it up dollars. no matter what. Thanks for your tax dollars, buddy. <laughs> in all oh. seriousness, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, Connor, I have I have the uh, fortitude of an ant. So if somebody told me to go to war, I would lie down and in the fetal position. So it takes it takes it takes so it takes somebody with a, uh, some kahunas to do that. So, well, shout out I my guy. I don't want to mislead anyone. I will say I was never deployed. I was stateside the entire time. Oh, but okay. But, All right. Well, that still counts. But you offered to. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely wanting to. I was asking to deploy. Yeah. So then it counts. So, boys, how are we feeling today? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling phenomenal. High energy. High energy. That's what we love to hear. Andrew? Yup. You got a yup from Andrew. That means he's pumped. He's ready to he's ready to roll. If you didn't, if you let me let me tell the viewers something. If you ha- didn't have any idea of the high energy that this group has, Andrew is officially at yup status. So if anybody was curious, like there's like excited, there's really excited, there's amped, and then there's Andrew Yup. So we are officially hey. at Yup. We are ready to roll. Connor, what the hell are we talking about? Well, before we start there. I, I see that was start- okay. Now wait a minute. Now let's roll back. Because that was a hell of a transition by me, I just did. And now we're not you even are, gonna do that it. Was it. A great transition. Hold on. You're gonna like this though. I don't think I am. You just I, wasted a beautiful transition by me. It was a beautiful transition, but I wanted to give a formal apology to Elliot Uh-oh. for all the shit I gave him last week for not checking the spreadsheet because I didn't share it with him. Yeah, so that's another issue we have. A lot of miscommunication with this podcast. 
So we're going to get it fixed. This is this is the early stages. Last week, Connor mislabeled it episode one. It should have been episode zero because we start at zero. We start at the bottom. And from Drake's lyric, we got to go up to here. Start from the bottom and then we go here. Now we're here. So what episode do we have to get for you to get a heart in your hair? A heart? Yeah, like Drake. Oh, zero. We can't. I, I won't. I don't. Unfortunately, I won't be able to get there. So, but we'll try our best. All right, boys. First movie of the day. See, one now that best. transition wasn't nearly as good as the one I gave out. You can't you just start it after a heart in the hair. Do you want to deliver another? Transition? Yeah, let me think of one. Let me think of one. Um, so after Connor's mess up, we're going to get it right back on track. What are we talking about today, Connor? We are talking Inglorious Bastards. One of the mm. greatest horror movies of all time. Yes. Released in 2009, directed by my favorite, Quentin Tarantino. Yes. Elliot, if I'm not mistaken, our friendship may have been started over this movie. It was certainly one of them. It was certainly one of them. This one is, I honestly, it, I, I didn't love it as much as some of his other movies. But the opening scene, we talked a little bit about it last week, where... Um, you're gonna have to help me with all these actors' names. When he walks in, um, we lost Andrew. Andrew's gone. That's okay. We'll continue rolling. He should be able to join back in, huh? He should be able to join back in. Yeah. Yes, he should. So, uh, who is who is the main character, uh, or not the main character? Who's the who is the uh, um, the guy Christoph Waltz? There it is, Christoph Waltz. Amazing. The opening scene with Christoph Waltz, and he's in the house, and as uh, Connor said last week, you know, the little subliminal things he does where he's checking the pulse of people, of, of the family that he's interrogating, the stuff, that whole opening scene still gives me chills. It's one of the best opening scenes to any movie ever. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of Christoph Waltz, did you know he's pretty much the only reason this movie was made? Really? Yeah, because so Tarantino wrote that role but thought it was going to be an impossible movie to make due to the fact that that character alone needed to speak four languages. Oh, yeah. And then Christoph Waltz came along. Andrew, welcome back. So, yeah, he needed an actor that could speak four languages. And Christoph Waltz obviously can. So because of him being cast for that, he was, he's pretty much the reason the movie was made. And also the only actor from any or from Tarantino movies prior to this to win an Oscar. Really? Yeah, he was the first actor in a Tarantino movie to win an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. How about that? I th- did, uh, Pulp Fiction won no Oscars for those guys. Not for the actors. I don't know about like other awards. But Sam Samuel L. and Travolta didn't get one. Nope. No one got one from Reservoir Dogs. No Kill Bills. I think was Django was after Bastards, right? Uh, Django was after Bastards, yes. Okay. But yeah, so Christoph Waltz, first actor in a Tarantino movie. Andrew, you're back with us? Yes. This, this was one of the first movies I showed you. What was your immediate thoughts after I showed you this movie? Uh oh. Uh <laughs> no chance. No you gonna chance. Lie. You gonna lag out? Again? It was still super laggy, so I have no idea what you said. 
<laughs> Inglorious Bastards was one of the first movies I ever showed you. What was your immediate thoughts after I showed you that movie? Um, Not a chance. Not a chance. Oh, boys, we're having a rough one here. Uh, first thoughts. Um, I don't know. As soon as, even like halfway through the movie, I kind of just like instantly fell in love with it. For some reason, there's something about it that I just really, really enjoyed. Um, was it the Nazi scalps? Probably one of the. I, I don't think it was. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I was just the fact that they made a movie like not like of a I don't want to say that serious of a movie but like based on like a serious event they turned it into a movie where it had great action scenes great comedic scenes um there's a bunch of like great scenes in there and uh I just I as soon as you showed it to me like halfway through the movie I was already number one on my list that's a good point by Andrew. The, the comedic scenes in this movie are very, very funny. Brad Pitt delivers an amazing performance as well. Uh, and all of his scenes were hilarious. So It has to be a top three performance for Brad Pitt of all time. I would agree. Yeah, so uh, I also checked. The average letterbox ranking for this movie is a 4.3 out of 5 stars. Rotten Tomatoes, it is an 89% on the tomato meter and an 88% audience score. Me personally, I gave it a nine point nine out of ten. That's whoa, whoa, that's high. I like it. It's one of my all-time favorite movies, and there's honestly nothing you could change to make it better, in my opinion. Like we already said last week, this week, and we will probably continue to say, just the minor details that Tarantino included in his direction with meeting the daughters and grabbing their wrists to check their pulse. The way he interrogated Shoshana when they're in the restaurant to see if yep. she was Jewish by offering her cream. Like, the intensity in that scene alone, everyone can feel. I don't care who you are or when you watch it. You will feel how intense that scene is. Yep, mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it's a very good movie. I, I tend to agree with the audience score on that one. I, I think I gave it an 8.7. Uh, it's a very, 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 very good movie. Very good movie. I just think it kind of goes, a lot of Tarantino movies, sometimes they go on a little bit too long. I thought this one might have gone on just a little bit too long, but I still loved it nonetheless. I'm going to disagree with you, but I understand. It's okay. Listen, man, if we don't disagree, this podcast is nothing. The whole point of the podcast is to disagree, baby. Controversy does sell. <laughs> yeah. That, hey, A- Andrew, how are we feeling now? Uh, it's, it's, it's good so far. I'm not going to try to jinx it or anything, but. uh. A- okay. So, Andrew, are we above or below? Yup. Uh, I think we're creeping up on Yup. Okay, we're, we're almost back to Yup. We lost Yup for right. a bit, and now we're back. Uh, it's because he got kicked out. That's right. But, uh, so, Andrew, uh, when you're rating movies, you're still doing on a – or you do a five-star scale, right? I do. Would you uh, give this one on Letterboxd? <laughs> Being one of my favorite movies of all time, I had I had to give it a five. There's there's no what other way. What I love to hear. Uh, so also starting this week, I did a little more research. I'm a little more prepared. So we have some fun facts about the movies. You guys want go. some fun facts? He took, he took the, uh, the comments telling that Elliot was, uh, the most 
the top on the podcast. He took that personally. Now he's not letting that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a vendetta now. I thought Ellie and I were going to be at war when we're discussing movies. Now we're at war just over the podcast itself. Just the credentials. All right. So does everyone Fittings remember? Does everyone remember uh, the short film in it, Nation's Pride, about the German sniper? Yeah. So uh, Tarantino didn't feel like he had the time to direct it himself, that short film they actually made. So he casted Eli Roth to direct that film. Really? Uh, yeah. And uh, Andrew, if you don't know who Eli Roth is, you'll recognize him as Pumpkin from the diner scene in Pulp Fiction. He is oh. also, uh, oh, I forget his name, but he's in The Hateful Eight. And he is also in Reservoir Dogs. He is the guy who gets shot in the very beginning. I know we started that movie. We haven't yet finished it. Uh, first, um, yeah, I already said, first Tarantino movie for an actor to win an Oscar. Did you guys know that Adam Sandler was originally wanted to play Sergeant Donnie Donowitz? I did hear that. I did hear, I, I heard that one. Yeah, I forget what movie he was already committed to, but... I honestly, I'm happy it's not Sandler. I would agree. I think it. I think it would have probably not been as good with Adam Sandler. No, yeah, I don't. I don't think it would have delivered nearly as well for me. Uh, and then also the one of the final scenes in the theater when uh, the Colonel Christoph Waltz character chokes out the British actor. Do you remember that part? Yeah. Did you know that Christoph Waltz felt uncomfortable with choking her out, but Tarantino likes realism so much that that's actually his hands on Diane Kruger's neck, and he actually chokes her out because he wanted an authentic reaction? Oh, my God. I did not know that. So that is actually her choking out, or getting choked out in the end, and her actually... I think I knew that. I don't know. I don't remember where I saw that. I heard that from, but I'm pretty sure I, I think I knew that. Yeah, like just those, that's crazy to me and a huge risk on Tarantino's part. But it's also a, a re, another reason why Tarantino's a great director is that for that realism effect, because it's something that the, the watchers as well will notice because they'll feel they'll feel it more if it's if it looks more real, rather it's like, oh, oh you can tell that's yeah. fake. Yeah, and that, I mean, Tarantino, Stanley Kubrick, they've all complained about, you know, the new wave of comic book movies because they just use CGI. Yeah, Tarantino did it the right way. Not, not that, I won't say that scene, but I, yeah, Tarantino, no, does, Tarantino does it the right way in the fact that all of his movies feel real. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he closed off, like, multiple blocks of West Hollywood just to film Once Upon a Time. Yeah, it's crazy. He likes real sets, which is another reason I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan as well. And I think Tarantino is probably a top five director of all time. That's that's cemented. That's cemented. Okay, I'm happy we're in. We agree on that. My number one has to be Spielberg. And it should be everyone's number one. Yep. All right, boys, ready for our movie number two? 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Direction I, done by Michael Bay. Cinematography done by Dion Beebe. Have you seen this one, Elliot? I have not seen it all the way through, unfortunately. But I know my boy John Krasinski's in it. And I think, was this his, like, was this, this is kind of his breaking out party out of, after The Office, I think. 
Um, yeah, uh, this is the movie he bulked up for. Um, yeah, he. I forget how much weight he put on, but essentially, I think it was the month before the casting or before they started filming, he cut down from a 28% body fat to an like 9% body fat, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Good for him, though. No, the movie, uh, the, from, the, from everything I know about the movie, the movie is very, very good, very realistic depiction of it, of the event. Yeah, I highly think this movie was undershadowed by American Sniper and Lone Survivor. Um, it's my favorite of those three. One of the funny stories though about it, I was working at a movie theater the time this movie came out. So I got free tickets all the time uh, for me and a guest. Well, one night I got off when this movie came out, I was really wanting to see it. So my mom came and joined me. Really? I, I want to say I was a junior at this time, like late junior year of high school. And as we're walking out of the theater, my mom looked at me and said, I don't ever want you going into the military. And I think it was the next day I told her I wanted to enlist in the Marine Corps. <laughs> <laughs> my timing could have been a lot better on that. Let's just say that. <laughs> Andrew, another movie I've shown you. What was your thoughts when I first showed you this one? Uh, it's another movie. I, I am an absolute, like, I love military movies. They're probably one of my favorite, like, kind of movies to watch. Um, it's another great movie. Um, like you said, it was undershadowed a lot by American Sniper and Lone Survivor. And, and again, it's my favorite of the three, uh, followed by Lone Survivor, then American Sniper, which I love all three as well. So yeah, that might be I'm not, as well. I'm not hating on any of them. I, I love all three of them. All three of them are great movies. But 13 Hours, um, it just gives you that like, kind of like that thrill of like not knowing what's going to happen next because it's kind of just like you can it's not really something that you can predict it's not one of those movies where you're like oh i know what's gonna happen yeah uh, it's just it's a great movie um the fact that it's i'll let you say the rating on letterbox but the fact that it's that is like very surprising to me no no be my guest <laughs> it is rated a 3.3 on Letterboxd, yeah, that is and the I feel like rating. that is kind of, kind of, kind of low, uh, this, in my personal opinion. I rated it a four and a half. Yeah, this movie uh, was not critically loved. Like, the Rotten Tomatoes, which, not a trustworthy site, obviously, but the tomato meter has a 51%, but the audience score is an 82. Yeah, you always got to go with the audience score. Always go oh. with the audience score. But I just like throwing in the tomato meter too, so you can see the difference. Because I feel like I trust the audience more than critics anymore nowadays. One hundred percent. Yeah, and I read the book for this one as well, and I have a signed copy by Chris Peranto in the movie, or not the guy from the movie, the actual Chris Peranto. But this is one of maybe ten movies, five movies ever that have made me actually cry at the end, and I almost cry every time I rewatch it. Yeah. It the very ending scene where he's going home, one of them is going home, is just absolutely heartbreaking. I don't want to give too many spoilers since our boy Elliot here hasn't seen it. No, spoil away, spoil away, spoil. spoil away. All right, so Elliot, I believe it's three people die at the end, one of which is, uh, so John Krasinski plays the character Jack Silva. Uh, his best friend dies by a mortar strike in the very end. Um, and that they have... Just, yeah, that's what I'm like. They have to stick around 
passed all the other Americans to identify the bodies of the other armed force members that had passed. And so he identifies them and they zip up the body bag. He's able to call home to his wife via satellite phone and wanted to just let her know before news broke out that there had been an attack and there was a fight uh, and that he was okay. And then you don't hear it, but you know exactly what she asks. And she asks how Tyrone is. And John Krasinski's character just breaks down and says he didn't make it. He's not coming home. And it is gut-wrenching every time. Well, that is very sad. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's hard to watch. Uh, I've actually, and then also me, I've, um, I have heard Chris Pronto speak live. Uh, really? And he talk- yeah, and he talked about some of the events there. And uh, he said that the movie was as accurate as you can get other than the fact that bullets when they travel past your head are breaking the sound barrier so it just sounds like a pop going by you and but that's super hard to do with special effects it did i believe it was nominated for um best sound mixing at that oscars i believe yeah yeah uh, it received an academy award nomination so there we go yeah uh fun facts this, this is a great movie? segment. What a great segment Connor's thrown in here. Fun uh, facts. Fun facts. Let's do it, baby. Give them to uh, me. This movie had a $50 million budget and only grossed $69 million, making it Michael Bay's lowest grossing movie ever. Nice. That was hashtag nice. Yeah, this movie is very under the radar. Hmm. $50 million, by the way. I feel like that's not even that much for a Michael Bay movie. No, it's not. And Michael Bay, though, also when I was doing these fun facts, I read that I didn't know. In every single one of his movies, he makes it like a point to cast at least one veteran. Yeah. And learn their story. So apparently he like wagered that as to why he thought he would be the right director for this movie. Interesting. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty unique. Uh, Mark Wahlberg was apparently the first choice to play Jack Silva's uh, best friend Tyrone, which I'm happy he didn't because I feel like it completely would have shifted the story on who it was focused on because he's obviously the bigger name than John Krasinski because Krasinski had to be the biggest name in this movie. 100%. And I liked the character focus on him. Uh, And then also James Badge Dale, who played Tyrone uh, before shooting, before like doing any scenes, he went and met up with Tyrone Woods, real life mother uh, to talk about portraying her son and learn a little more about him. And she came back and said that they did it absolutely right. So that's a little heartwarming fun fact for you. There we go. That's a good one. Me personally, I gave this movie an 8.4 out of 10. That is genuinely higher than most people. But Andrew, what'd you give this movie? Uh, I rated it a four and a half out of five. Okay. Um, so again, super high on my list. Um, it's pretty close to passing in Glorious Best. The first time I watched it, uh, I gave it a five. And then I rewatched it. I don't remember exactly what I knocked about it. It wasn't something huge, but it was something that was like just enough to be like, oh, maybe I'll give it a little bit lower. Um, but again, great movie all around. Um, so yeah, that, that's pretty much my thoughts. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, for me personally, I actually think I like... 13 hours more which is you know hard to say but it, i think inglorious bastards is like leaps ahead as a movie like it's just better overall yep 
right. I feel like that you may that. you may like thirteen hours more because of, of the realism. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you yeah. off. No, no, no. Like, I feel like uh, the thirteen hours is like realism. Oh yeah, I I can yeah I'd agree with that. Which that's actually one of my favorite scenes in American Sniper is when he's at SEAL training, otherwise known as Buds. Like yeah, I like the realism of that. All right, next movie yeah. up is one neither of you have seen, so I will try and keep this quick on my brief rundown, but hopefully it intrigues you guys to watch it more. And that is Jarhead, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. This movie came out in 05, and I've talked to multiple of my Marine Corps buddies, and we all agree that this may be one of the most accurate Marine Corps movies ever made. And like I said prior, I was never deployed, so I can't speak on that aspect of it. But some of the boot camp scenes or some of the way guys are like treated in the fleet or they just talk to each other and joke about stuff that shouldn't be talked to is absolutely like spot on. It's fantastic. Um, this was directed by Sam Mendes. Uh, Elliot, this might intrigue you a little more to go watch this movie. Sam Mendes has also directed American Beauty, Road to Perdition, James Bond Skyfall, James Bond Spectre, and also 1917, which you had brought up last week. Go, go. Goat director. <laughs> cinematography, though, is actually, it, it might be the goat of cinematography, Roger Deakins. His most notable movies that he has done, 1917, Blade Runner 2049, which might be one of the most beautiful movies ever made, Shawshank Redemption, No Country for Old Men, Beautiful Mind, Rango, Sicario, Fargo, and Prisoners pretty good that's a pretty impressive lineup there yeah that that's an impressive resume so absolutely go check it out this stars uh jamie fox uh jake gyllenhaal like i said peter sarsgaard this is young jake gyllenhaal isn't it yeah very young jake gyllenhaal uh i believe we'll get to it my fun facts um however this also for about a three minute scene shows a very, very young John Krasinski, like pre-office John Krasinski. Really? Yeah. He uh, sells Jake Gyllenhaal alcohol on Christmas. Really? Yep. So, it, it, and like, you might be able to, or you might miss it just because, you know, he's so young, you don't recognize him as much, but I did. Uh, moving on, Letterboxd. This has an average rating of a 3.5. Rotten Tomatoes, 61% on the tomato meter, 68% audience score. Me, I gave it an 8.0 out of 10. However, mine will be higher just because, you know, the average civilian won't know, like, some of the accuracies that they get in this movie. Yep. Uh, awards, it won the Art Directors Guild, not, or, I'm sorry, it received a nomination for the Art Directors Guild. Uh, Hollywood Film Award Breakthrough Actor winner was Jake Gyllenhaal. So, there's your answer. How about that? To your previous question, fun facts. There is a scene in the movie where they're deployed. I think they're in Iraq. Don't swear me to that. Uh, where they have porta potties that are just like made out of wood, and there's a bucket underneath that just catches everything. That's, and, oh my God. No, that's a real thing, too. I've talked to guys who have been over there. <laughs> oh my well, God. There's a scene where Jake Gyllenhaal gets in trouble by his company. So, they punish him by making him go clean these buckets. Well, he pulls them out, and the way you clean them is by burning them. And so in the toilet burning scene, they actually filled up the buckets with real human and dog feces and made him burn it so they would get an authentic reaction out of Jake Gyllenhaal's face. Oh, my God. 
Yep. Uh, so that one's a little rough now knowing that. Uh, there's a scene where they do interviews with all the infantrymen, and there was no script for that. They had all of them make it up on the spot. It was all improvised. Uh, all actors went through a four-day boot camp in Georgia. And the original leads for this movie were offered to Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire. Oh. And I am actually pretty happy that neither of them got that role because I don't know if they would have done as well as Jill and Hall and Jamie Foxx. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely fantastic movie. If you have the time to check it out, it's 100% one of my top recommendations. I'll have to and, absolutely check it out. Yeah, and after you see it off podcast, I will tell you some more messed up things that I have witnessed personally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So our fourth and final movie, one of the best military movies of all time, Full Metal Jacket came out in 1987. Director Stanley Kubrick, best known for his works on The Shining, 2001's The Space Odyssey, Clockwork Orange, Barry Lyndon, Paths of Glory, and Dr. Strangelove. Cinematography done by Douglas Milsom. I looked at his cinematography and it wasn't a whole lot that any of us probably would have known. So, happy for him that he did this one. All right, Andrew, what were your thoughts on this one? Um, I kind of have mixed reviews for it, honestly. I, I, still, I still think it's a pretty good movie. I don't think it compares to 13 Hours during Glorious Bastards. But it, it, was, a, it was a good movie, nonetheless. Uh, does it compare? Does not compare. In my personal preference. All right, all right. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Not like, because I, again, I'm not, I don't know too much about the, like, what makes a good movie good. You know what I'm saying? But like. That's fair. You aren't looking for all the details. You're just looking for enjoyment. Right. And, and I, I didn't, I enjoyed Full Metal Jacket. Um, it, I think it was the, the second movie that I watched when I was like first starting to watch movies like more. Okay. I think it was the second movie that you showed me, Inglourious Bastard was number one. And then Full Metal Jacket was number two. Um, but yeah, like I said, it was, it was, a, it was a good movie. I, like I said, I don't, I don't have too many comments on it, but I would, I would recommend it. If, if somebody was asking me for a, a good military movie, that, that would be, probably top five that i would that i would give them connor yeah. what's the what's I, i've never seen it either what's the premise of this movie oh i thought you had seen it okay so full metal jacket uh it's almost two movies in one everyone kind of describes it that way so the first half of the movie uh is about marines going to boot camp uh and it shows like all the boot camp scenes ellie do you want me to keep out spoilers no spoil okay so first half boot camp second half they go to the vietnam war so this movie's maybe one of the darkest military movies you will ever watch yeah uh, yeah so there's one um recruit there they call him private pile and he is just not a good recruit at all can't make his bed on his own he's struggling with all fitness tests 
he's pretty much dragging the rest of the platoon down and the drill instructor is taking it out on them because he's given up on private pile. Well, eventually this leads to the recruits to, you know, do, I forget the name of it now, but pretty much they put bars of soap inside pillowcases and hold him down and beat him in the middle of the night and like really just break his spirit and his body. Uh, eventually this leads up to them graduating and getting assigned their jobs. Well, last night at boot camp, right before they're about to go home or deploy, Private Pyle goes into the bathroom uh, with his rifle. It's loaded with 7.62 rounds. And Private Joker walks in, finds him, is wondering what he's doing there. They alert the drill instructor. He comes in there. Drill instructor just starts screaming at Pyle to put the rifle down. He shoots and kills their drill instructor and then turns the rifle into his own mouth and fires. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that seems really messed me up. I'm it's, not gonna it's a very dark movie. Also reading about that movie today. <laughs> Apparently, it was supposed to be darker, but Stanley Kubrick decided to take out a scene where they were in Vietnam. And it was, I think it said it was on Christmas Day, but I could be wrong about that. It could have just been any day. And they uh, were taking a break and were playing soccer. And as it pans in, you see it's not a soccer ball. It's a human head. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. So if that, if that sets the tone for the movie, Elliot. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, phenomenal movie, though. I mean, through and through. And then, so the drill instructor they brought in, Arlie Ermey, was actually a Marine during the time, or during the time of Vietnam. And they brought him in to train a drill instructor actor or an actor to play a drill instructor. And they thought that he did such a good job that they or Stanley Kubrick just offered him the role. And so in the very beginning scene, you see them like getting their head shaved, getting ready to go to like their squad bay. They And then it flashes to the squad bay. And he is just going up and down with some of the most funny roasts, slurs you can think of. And all of it was improv just from that's, his time being an actual Marine Corps drill instructor. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely check that out, Elliot. You would love it. Uh, Andrew, you have anything else to say about it before I get into our uh, awards and fun facts? And a little disclaimer, when I said that it was an OT movie, I gave it a four out of five. Okay, so. Okay, okay. okay. It's not, I didn't give I'm okay it like two stars. I'm okay with that. You and I are vastly different on the ranking, but that's all right. All right. So, Letterboxd average score for this is a 4.1 out of 5 stars. Rotten Tomatoes, 91% on the tomato meter, 94% on the audience score. Me, personally, I give it a 9.7 out of 10. Awards. It was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Writing, nominated for a BAFTA for Best Sound and Best Special Effects. That's it on the awards. No wins, surprisingly. Fun facts. The film was shot entirely in England, which threw me off because we were always told when we were at Paris Island, which is where Marine Corps boot camp takes place if you're east of the Mississippi, that that movie was shot at Paris Island. So I, this is where my trust issues begin, guys. <laughs> uh, in the beginning of the movie, we'll see all of the recruits getting haircuts, the classic buzz cut at boot camp. We all go through it. And it's always been explained to us, too, but they explain it in the movie as well that it's just stripping of the identity to break you down, to build you back into a team throughout the course of boot camp. Well, stripping the identity 
of the cast when it was explained in the beginning. Uh, Stanley Kubrick did his research, found out that that is an actual Marine Corps boot camp tradition. So he wanted unknown actors for this role. And so you can't really find any big name movies or you don't really recognize any of the names from this movie prior to this movie. And he also wanted a young Val Kilmer that impressed him in a different movie he had seen. So that would have been cool. Uh, and then the composer for this movie, he couldn't find one he liked, so he hired his own daughter. Hey, a little nepotism. That doesn't hurt. <laughs> and that is it for our four military movies today. You boys did a good job. I apologize. I haven't seen those uh, a lot of those movies, but I have seen other war movies, so I am ready for this draft. Oh, dude, there's so many military movies out there. We're going to have to have multiple episodes about it. Yeah. yeah that's okay, Elliot. You today was like me last week. Sometimes you just got to sit back and let the boys do the work. That's right. That's right. We're officially at Yup. We are at we, yep. we are at Yup. I feel like we're like, we're creeping up on like surpassing Yup. And I don't know if that's a level that we can reach. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I love it. All right, uh, Andrew, are you partaking in this week's draft of military movies? Uh, I I guess I guess I'll I'll enlighten you with my presence and my beautiful opinions. <laughs> All right, that's what we like to hear. With that being said, do we want to snake draft or do we? Of course, to... of course. If there's three people, you always snake draft, Connor. Yeah, what I'm getting at is so like if you have the first pick, are you going to pick? This movie, Andrew, me, and then I get a second pick immediately and we rotate back through? Correct. That's a snake draft. I'm just making sure that's how we're doing it. That's a snake. That's a snake. Last week, we only did two people. I want to make sure that's how we're doing it for three. All right. Well, I went first last week, so I will take the worst drafting slot, the middle slot. There we go. I'll take first. Yeah. Andrew, you got third? I'm cool with third. All right. Here we go. First pick, it has to be done. It's chalk. It's saving Private Ryan. Yeah, that's that's one of the best picks you could have. So, no, really, not not anything to write home about, other than the fact that it's one of the best war movies of all time. Uh, Tom Hanks, unbelievable, unbelievable. I have a top three. It was more graphic. The opening scene there, when uh, they're all getting their legs blown off and shit, that was. It. it was. I was. I was kind of shocked. I didn't think it was going to be that gruesome, but it was pretty gruesome. Yeah, my uh, great uncle was actually on Normandy, and there we go. He, he watched that movie and said and told like the family that the only thing that was inaccurate about that scene was that they were crawling. If you stood up for a second, you were dead. Yeah. So, did you know about that movie that Spielberg made all the actors go to? I believe it was a six week long boot camp. Besides Matt Damon. Oh, they isolated him. Yeah, well, because in the movie, all the soldiers were pissed off that they were risking their lives for one guy, yep. but he wanted that resentment to be real. I like it. I like it. Yep. All right, my number one off the board. Give me Inglorious Bastards. I hate you with a passion. <laughs> you know I had to take it. That's fair. It's a great pick. I mean... <laughs> Andrew, what you got for us? You got two back-to-back. You, uh, my number one, I think it's going to be quite obvious. I'm going 13 hours. Um, 
it's a great movie. I, I already gave my comments on it, so I'm not gonna make it too too long of a of another one. Um, my number two, uh, I think I have to go on Survivor. I feel okay. like it's, it's another one of the great movies. It's a great pick. Uh, That's a great pick. Yeah, I'm it, liking these it, modern day picks. It's a it's a good number two slot. I feel like. Um, and again, I haven't seen the any amount of movies that you uh, war movies that you guys have. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I feel like that's that's all I have for my number pick. two. Phenomenal yeah. pick. For my number two, I'm going Full Metal Jacket. Saw that coming. All right. Yeah. Well, it was I was planning on saving Private Ryan, and someone took it right off the rip. <laughs> Because it's the best pick. Uh, all right, my my number two. I said this last week. I think it's a perfect movie. Nineteen Seventeen is a perfect movie. One hundred percent. Great movie. Perfectly shot. Phenomenal. Dealing with some light issues in my room. Um, but yeah, that's my number two. Okay. You got another one. Oh, that's right. Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> easy. Hacksaw oh, Ridge was dick. easy pick. Easy pick. I Andrew Gar. Andrew Garfield delivered an absolutely breathtaking performance. Uh, Vince Vaughn, one, one of my favorite actors of all time is Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn had a brief really? appearance. I guess it wasn't brief, but it was it was a good role for Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn is one of your favorite of all time? Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Vince Vaughn is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, so my picks there. So, I've by the way, those are one, two, three on my big board there. That's one, two, three. Saving Private Ryan, 1917, Hacksaw Ridge. You guys are done. Go ahead, Connor. Oh, all right. When, is this my third pick? Yeah, third yep. pick. All right, we're going to – I'll go a little more modern. I'm going to go uh, Hurt Locker. It's a good pick. That's a great Phenomenal pick. Phenomenal pick. First woman director to ever win, I believe, an Oscar. I believe that's correct. She deserved it. 100%. That's a great pick. Might be your best pick. Not about that one. <laughs> Andrew? Back to back, uh, Andrew. Let's hear it. For my number three, I'm going with 12 Strong. Underrated okay. movie. Um, underrated movie. I, that's, yeah, I feel like it's a very, a very underrated movie. A 2.9 on Letterboxd. That's is that the one with Hemsworth? It is. Okay. Um, I feel it's a, it's a great movie. Um, again, not a lot of comments that I can make about it, but, uh, yeah, I think that's a, a solid number three for me okay. for my number four. I feel like it's a movie that not, I don't know if too many people have seen it. I don't know if it's a popular movie or not, but I'm going with war horse. Um, is that also Hemsworth? Uh, war horse is Spielberg. Yeah. It's Spielberg. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um, that one. Now, was this War Horse became a Broadway musical, I believe, or a Broadway, or a Broadway play, I think. I don't know really? if it was because of the movie or because of the play that this was made. I forget which one. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I honestly don't know. Um, I have not seen like, this. I'm going to have to check it out. It's another very underrated movie, a 3.2 on Letterboxd. Um, I watched this in um, a history class last year. Um, and at first I was like, oh, this movie, dumb. And then I like kept watching it and I just got into it. And now it's 
number four on my podcast for my draft. So I uh, love it. All right. All right. I'm going to get real sad on this one, Uh-oh. but it's a damn near perfect movie, if not perfect. Schindler's List. Oh, that's a good pick, though. That's a great pick. One of the most depressing movies of all time. I will never have the need to watch it again. Nope. I and that and by the way, again, Spielberg, phenomenal. That's why he's yeah. the goat. Um, the symbolism of the movie is great. The girl in the red dress. Everything about that movie is very, very good. Yeah. I I want to cry every time I think about it. And the yeah, I mean the scene. Um, is it that's is that's Liam Neeson, right? Yeah, Liam Neeson. So the scene where Liam Neeson wishes he could have saved more and everybody hugs him, one of the best scenes of all time. One of them. Uh, Absolutely. My, my fourth pick, it is, again, I'm just going one, two, three, four off my big board. You guys are chumps. I am going Fury. Fury, Brad Pitt, John Bernthal. Uh, I actually haven't seen it. Fury is phenomenal. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a group of guys that basically... Yeah, that's next on the watch list. There you go. Um, it, it, it's, it's like a, they're, it's like a final push, uh, in the army. Um, and they're basically just like stuck in a, um, in a tank and they have to survive in this tank. So it's very good. Very good. Yeah. I've heard nothing but phenomenal things about that movie. For me, I need to cheer things up after my Schindler's list pick. Give me Tropic Thunder. Oh, he stole it. That was my final. I was going to win this draft. No problem. That's a good pick. Wait, didn't you? Didn't you already finish your draft? No, he, he didn't get his snake. He, he, oh, he that's four, right. Oh, no, five. then I do get it. I get Tropic Thunder, you dunce. <laughs> you're done. I was done. sitting here thinking about it. I was like, wait a minute. He didn't One, get two, snake. three, four, five. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. Saving Private Ryan, 1917. Hacksaw Ridge, Fury, and Tropic Thunder. You're done. See ya. Go ahead. Give your next pick. <laughs> I want to cry. You know what, then? We're going to keep it on this crying train. <laughs> Actually, no. I'm going to skip that one. Give me Jarhead. Good movie. I haven't seen it, but I'd love to see it. Yeah. Andrew, what's your round, final? Round us out, kid. Again, not a lot of movies that I know, but I feel like for my fifth and final pick, just to keep it in the stereotype, I'm gonna go American Sniper. Okay, I like it's, that. And it's not a it's not a horrible movie either. I I rated it I rated it a four out of five. Um, it's it's a good movie. Uh, that's it's that's pretty much all I have to say. It's a it's a good movie. Yeah. Very sad what happened to him, by the way. Very sad. Um, I I can't believe we left Paths of Glory and Apocalypse Now on the board though. So I okay, so those are okay, so those are fine ones. I was gonna do a cheat pick if somebody stole it. I was gonna just go straight for a Captain America Civil War, and I would have heard no debate on it because it would have counted. It would have counted and I would have won again. But I'm glad I got my top five. I literally got my top five. I would have argued you. Not Civil War, but Captain America the first Avenger, I would count. Nope, Civil War. That's the one I would have drafted. So you're done. Barely a military movie. Meanwhile, the first Avenger takes place literally during World War II. (laughs) It's got war in the title. It means it's good. (laughs) So are you going to take the up-and-coming War Machine movie? No, I will not. I'm sure that'll be bad. 
All right, boys. That's an episode. It's been an honor. I'm glad we so we got a new we got a new word today. We got yup. So whenever whenever we're feeling good, we just say yup. That yup. yup. We just need to bring yup energy to every episode from here on. Yup energy. Hashtag yup energy. Get it trending. We will. What's next week? Connor, what's next week? So I can be prepared for this. I also do we want to give the spoilers to our listeners? Yeah. Well, I give me a movie I know something about. I, I looked like a chump in this episode. Connor <laughs> was just recapping all these good movies. I've never seen any. That's what I'm saying. That was that was hey Andrew. Hey Andrew, we need a little uh, Andrew. Me and you need to start discussing movies, and then we're gonna bring him in movies he hasn't seen, and then we're gonna see what his dumb little face yeah. thinks. So he can be a little chump. That's there, right. Sitting on. Hey man, I'm just saying. Maybe if either of you checked the spreadsheet or updated it yourselves, you could be you could be thrown in your own. Yeah, but that's perhaps weak. only weak people look at spreadsheets. That's come, right. What am I? What am I, a nerd? With, we come so in here with just brain power. So what I'm hearing is you guys are butthurt because you don't prepare as much as I do. That's right. That is exactly what you're hearing. Got it. Cool. Uh, next week. <laughs> next week could be two different episodes, or it could be two different episodes. It really depends, uh, because my goal is to get a guest from the Rally Cap podcast, Zach Freeze himself. Okay. And if that is the case, we will be doing a baseball movie podcast. Okay, I can do something on that. I'll win that. I okay. Uh, outside of that, we can leave it up for debate. Um. We could do our episode. Can James Gunn actually save the DCU? No. I'll answer that right now for you. No. That'll uh, be something to chill on the corner for. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we got some options here, but right now I'm, I'm really liking the idea of targeting the baseball movie episode. I'll, I'll, have yeah. to, I'll have to talk to one Zach Freeze about it, but we'll get him on, baby. I'm pumped. I'd love to have him. All right, boys. Hopefully, hopefully the Wi-Fi will stand. Yeah, Connor, yeah, maybe fix your Wi-Fi too. Hey, hey, it's been fine when I switched to my phone. I had no, I had a lag issue. I think you asked me a question. I couldn't hear it for sure. So, but we tried our. This is a. This is a learning. Look at the sun. This is a learning. This is a learning time. Everybody, everybody, calm. This is episode one. This is really our first episode. Last week's episode didn't even count. I'm in the dark. Look at me. Um, <laughs> but this is good. I, I I'm you, having fun. You guys Next, are also in the dark about what we're discussing on each episode all right all right no need to throw shots okay calm down yeah yeah connor yeah watch it but so i had fun nonetheless me. it's supposed to be elliot versus me not both of you versus me and andrew's the mediator it was better connor it was better for you to an- analyze these movies anyway you're someone who served in the military That's i'm just some enough. i'm just some chump hey man maybe we can do like a tennis episode don't don't you dare sign <laughs> us off you clown well boys here's to looking at you kid I don't know what (laughs) from Casablanca Jesus Christ it's the same way I ended last week's episode are we cutting it off there (laughs) ta-ta for now alright this is done I'm out I'm out (laughs) of here